joining us again for this week's episode of Talawa, the podcast that features Jamaicans locally and abroad who are innovating and dominating in their journey to success. Most importantly, they are doing so based on their own definition of success. This week, we have with us Nicholas Key, serial entrepreneur extraordinaire who is manifesting success one code at a time. I am your host, Yannick Taylor. To start, Nicholas is a 2017 Prime Minister's Youth Award for Entrepreneurship recipient and the 2016 Queen's Young Leaders Runner-Up Award recipient. Welcome, Nicholas. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, wonderful. So, already we have heard, I think, in that brief introduction that you have achieved so much and just give us some background as to what has led you to receive two premier awards locally and some of the work you've been doing not just here actually but also outside of Jamaica. Yeah, so uh, I, more directly those two awards in particular uh, they are coming from my work with uh, my own organization, my nonprofit called Next Gen Creators where we essentially uh, promote tech and tech entrepreneurship and in tech in just every single industry through Jamaica and by extension the Caribbean. And so uh, me receiving that award was, uh, I guess, society or like the bigger heads <laughs> at large acknowledging uh, the social work that I've been doing for youth. Um, in terms of uplifting them and providing them with skills to enable them to become more uh, economically, uh, I guess, viable in the market. So usually when we hear about coding, I don't think anybody is thinking in terms of economic development and all of these areas that you are really trying to focus coding around. What really got you on this path? Uh, so I started coding at 12. Um, and that was by that was just an accident. Uh, I was bored. Accidental coding, Ac- really? Yeah, yeah. So explain. <laughs> <laughs> accidental coding. So I, I I used to play a lot of video games. Okay. Um, and I had finished my last video game, and I couldn't really afford to buy any more video games. Um, and my father wasn't going to buy me anymore, so he just told me to like make a game. Um, and so I was like, okay. Um, I kind of figured things out from there. Um, I just found out what I needed to do to make the game, and apparently it happened to be programming. So um, I like borrowed a programming book, a, a very basic programming book, and then from there I tinkered with some code, um, and then I created my own like game. Um, it was it wasn't anything big. It was like a true and false randomizer, uh, and then from there. Um, things that's how like I got into the space and just I, I got better and better at it uh, and that kind of just led me into wanting to help other people to get more into the space as well so daddy basically told you you know what I'm not buying any more video games make your own and literally you went and made your own game yeah I just followed <laughs> instructions it wasn't <laughs> you are every parent's dream child <laughs> I don't know about that but <laughs> Anyway, okay, so we know you're now at this area where, okay, you've, you've read a book, dabbled in creating a game, you've discovered coding. What, what was next after that? Oh, working. Working remotely, working um, as a freelance developer for 
the internet, people who... So did you have any formal training? No, none at all, even to this day. Uh, and so, like, I started probably working at about 13, uh, and I was able to, you know, fund a few things, fund some of like, my, my side projects at that time, and, you know, delve into creating different um, projects um, on the side as well. Uh, and that kind of just continued up till about maybe 17-ish, um, about 16, 16 going on to 17, and then that's when I got bored, and I, I gave programming a break. Um, and then I went into like the, the entrepreneurial road, um, and I guess I just started with junior achievement, coincidentally. Uh, but yeah, that's, and, and then after that entire saga, I just got back into coding again. But on the, on the, other, the end of the spectrum of, you know, kind of helping to train other people to learn the same skills that I um, mm -hmm. once knew, or rather still know. Okay, so starting or venturing out into the work world, even though you were freelancing at 13, what was your thought process at that point in terms of what your expectations looked like for your future? Did you expect that you would remain freelancing? Were your parents pushing you to do something else? Because I'm assuming you were still in school, you were doing pretty well. So where were you seeing your future heading? Yeah, um, I guess with regards to my, my parents, they don't really know much about what I do. Even now, <laughs> it's not, uh, and I, I think if you like, even back then, um, just the idea of creating your own software was was very abstract to them, sure. and even to a lot of people. <clears throat> and so, whenever they saw me on like the computer, they just assumed that I was playing games. Like even to this day, uh, until like you know, I started making like real money, and they were like, "Oh, this is you know, this is how people make money now." And they, on the internet, they, they right. stay on the computer for hours, and you know something happens, and then money is money deposited. gets exchanged. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and so, yeah, I guess on on that end, um, that has been like my relationship between um, my parents and them understanding, uh, like I guess my prospects of the future. And so they uh, they didn't really guide me in that way. Um, of course, like in the beginning, I had high hopes. Not just me. But my mother had high hopes of um, me becoming like a cardiologist uh, and that was like the 12 year old dream and then by about 16 I was just like no um, I kind of want to do something else because medicine and in the blood I didn't really understand what cardiology was at the time <laughs> and I was like oh it's a heart it's like yeah. so you know that kind of led me into pivoting into something mm -hmm. else and so i kind of just um went my own path okay and so on on this path now what are some of the things you are striving to accomplish uh so you have next gen Cre creators mm -hmm. that's your company that you run mm -hmm. um and i know you have several other things that you have consulted on um, other things that you have in the works. Tell us a bit about those things and how they're all tying in to where yeah. you're heading. Uh, I guess I'll give the, the, the long the long answer, the long um, Miss Universe answer and then <laughs> zero in on my Mr. Universe, man. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Universe. Mr. Universe answer. Uh, but I guess I, 
in general I've always cared about uh, just people being able to just be independent in their own right and uh, having just being able to contribute to society in ways where they can um, provide certain services for others and um, I'm really into the idea of utopia and us living harmoni harmoniously in like, peace and you know all that jazz. It really like uh, is me at a, at a core but um, I guess on the flip side if I'm being honest mm -hmm. uh, I kind of just wanted other people to understand not just the space, not just the tech space, but you know me and I guess I just wanted more friends to relate to uh, who understood tech, mm -hmm. who understood um, what it meant to be creative in the space, what um, innovation meant and who was just interested in like creating things without the expectations of um, it's like society and you know the whole getting a job thing mm -hmm. um, but, but was just more about um, pure and honest creativity and, and drive to just do things that made sense to them mm -hmm. and that they were passionate about sure um, but yeah so I think that's my answer <laughs> okay no but that says a lot because it, it first it explains why next gen is a non-profit versus mm -hmm. being because it could easily be a profit-making yeah, so enterprise for you. It, so that was that was a, that was a thinking originally. Mm -hmm. um, so I came back to Jamaica, um, and then I was like, okay, um, how am I going to create the same experiences that I had overseas, back home, um, in my homeland, and back central region? Uh, and so I was doing a whole lot of digging, and I found out that the entire um, startup and, and tech ecosystem was extremely fragile. I mean, it still is, but not as bad as mm -hmm. when we started. And it just didn't make sense for us to delve into the whole um, the, the for-profit mindset of getting people to pay uh, thousands of US dollars for us to train them how to code. Because anything within the space is expensive. Like, mm -hmm. for instance, to train one person at, um, at like a US or even European boot camp um, or any other country uh, who is like invested in the, the tech space is about maybe ten to twenty thousand US oh, wow. for just one person. Wow. There's no way we would ever be no, able to charge no anybody right. out here for that. Right. Um, okay. But yeah, that's that's why we we delve into that role. Okay. And so tell us a bit about some of the initiatives that have been an outgrowth of Next Gen, and what other opportunities that has produced. Yes, yeah, so um, since we started, we, to, to give context, we essentially do a lot of, we essentially do a lot of events and, and um, host a lot of programs and initiatives that are geared towards um, exposing people to the tech space and the tech industry. So um, by way of like hosting hackathons, which are like 48 hour coding events where people come together. I mean, like groups of four, they team up and they create something from scratch and then they present it at the end for prizes and just uh, um, present it for presenting sake and to contribute to the open source community. Um, we also host like code days, which are similar to hackathons in that um, there's still like this long overdrawn event, but this the code days are about 12 hours or less. Mm -hmm. uh, we also do a lot of coding workshops uh, whenever we can and originally we hosted them monthly now we're hosting them like 
whenever we get funding for them specifically. Okay. Um, that should start up again soon with the monthly thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and aside from that, we host um, startup summits, okay. uh, which are the piece to expose not just um, the direct, I guess, recipients of who we're trying to serve, but the general public on like what's happening in the space and how we can um, bridge the gap between tech and like what we're familiar with. So. Uh, for instance, last year we hosted our um, Convert Summit, which is uh, themed around culture and tech, and we find different initiatives and bring them to the forefront. And um, we merge, we bring together like programmers and extreme artists, and we have them create different uh, like augmented reality stuff or mm. virtual reality pieces, um, and they showcase it at this event, and people just become inspired. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's that's what we've been like doing so far, and I guess over the four years, it's uh, amassed like a community of like hundreds, close to probably a thousand at this point. Um, and going forward, we hope to amass even more when we become like more systematic and um, churn our talent at a rate that is competitive uh, with the international space. Okay, awesome. That sounds wonderful. And so what are some of the other outcomes or other opportunities that have come to life from NextGen and what you're doing there? Yes, so um, I can give some, I guess, anecdotal examples of some of the community members who have either passed through the space or have like been with us through the beginning, from the beginning. Uh, a few of them have either gone on, started maybe at like our first hackathon and um, they've come to a few workshops and like more or less gone off to work at like Google or Twitter or Amazon um, or even NCB and a few of our like local sponsors. Um, a few of them have started companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few of them have decided to stay in the pure developer space, the open source space and create projects for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, like. Uh, for instance, I know a team um, from our first hackathon that created like a, an application for a smartwatch to um, help the visually impaired, so oh, that wow. they don't have to rely on um, the canes for support anymore. Right. So they just really they just rely on their watch, uh, and it would provide haptic feedback in the form of uh, vibrations, and so that would they would guide that would guide them along the path um, to avoid obstacles and so forth. That's wonderful. So that, that's a perfect example because it really shows the breadth of opportunity that can be created through coding. Right. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people are aware of that. Yeah, so that's we really amazing. try to push the, I guess, the social impact piece first, uh, mainly because there are a whole lot of issues in Jamaica. Sure. And it's hard for people to, um, it's, it's harder for people to relate to anything that is abstract when they're uh, experiencing things in real time and they, they like experience are different events that are relatable to them. Hmm. Yeah. And so what are some of the, the other things that you have done outside of NextGen? Uh, outside of NextGen? Um, so prior to NextGen, uh, so prior to NextGen, prior to me just um, getting back to Jamaica, uh, I, I started three different startups at um, different stages of my life. Um, and so the, the first one was in like 3D and 4D printing uh, and actually that, that idea kind of stemmed from high school uh, when I, I had like a junior achievement company and um, it was called Pastato and that more or less turned into me 
re-engineering the product and turning it into like an organic resin which is a raw material for um, 3D and 4D printers. So we turn it into the resin which would be biodegradable and um, it would just it was just environmentally friendly for everyone. And right. my co-founder created his own printers and it seemed like a perfect merger. Um, and so that was the first one. So you mentioned junior achievement um, before. So tell us a bit more about what that was, that experience was. Yeah, that um that was my, my that was my foot in. That that gave me the, the confidence to really step out. Um, I think even to this day, I'm just like thankful of like having to go through that entire experience of um, understanding how to relate to different team members and work together as a unit and create things from scratch and create things that um, seem extremely abstract and then taking them um, back mm -hmm. down to earth and making it a reality. Uh, and so at one of the companies that I ran or was a part of and ran um, through high school was a junior achievement company called Pastato. And we essentially created um, different knickknacks and accessories made from plastic was, that was biodegradable, which was made from potatoes, um, just potato starch alone. Potato starch and some other ingredients that we just made in the lab and experimented with. Uh, and so that, that kind of leapfrogged me into thinking outside of the, the scope of, um, I guess of Jamaica and just thinking more about um, other real world ideas and, and how I could like contribute to um, society. And that more or less led to me starting that, that first startup in, mm -hmm. in the US. Um, and so that, um, when I liquidated that startup, um, I went off and I did some traveling um, to more or less try to explore like other ecosystems, other startup and tech ecosystems. So I essentially went all over um, Latin America um, and I did like a, a small side project uh, where I was connecting um, different tech startups with like eccentric events. Um, and so that kind of allowed me to live for about six-ish months. And after that, uh, I went back to Silicon Valley and started another company, uh, this time in big data. Um, specifically for insurance companies and so we um, analyze like eccentric features about like properties and provide and um, provide the analysis to the, the companies so that they could um, provide competitive rates and, and for premiums for the customers oh wow okay. um, and so that ran for a few months uh, and then uh, my co-founder and I decided to uh, leave um, and then go back to our respective countries. I went back to Jamaica, he went back to India, uh, and so that's where Next Gen more or less was started from there. Okay, wow. So when you created that video game at 12, 13, did you ever think that it would have led to any of this that you have just shared? No, um, I had an idea. I had an idea of, of where it might have led to. Uh, I, I like the idea of planning. And so in my head, I was like, okay, maybe if I, I create a good enough game, I can like sell it to some major corporation. Um, that kind of came true in some respects, but not really. Uh, and so, I mean, just the entire journey has more or less been me just winging it. Because I. I didn't really know what was sure. going on in the space. I still don't know to some extent. Sure. Uh, and so even now, 
I'm kind of just exploring the ecosystem, not just um, regionally in the Caribbean, but all over the world to see um, where I can make the next landfall or how I can be more impactful or how um, I can like influence different markets and movements. So what would you, um, what kind of um, encouragement or direction would you offer to anyone who is interested in anything that you have shared, whether it's the coding aspect, whether it's being a serial entrepreneur, what would be some of your um, your words of encouragement in terms of starting down that path? Um, I guess my blind, my blind and immature answer would be to you know stop listening to your parents. <laughs> Anything but that. We can't tell people to listen to their parents, especially our younger listeners. Yes. Um, you still have to listen to your parents, <laughs> but that's that's for sure not advisable. Um, but I would say, um, be patient, uh, especially now in the age of, uh, I guess, a massive internet movement where things seem to be uh, running out of time. Just be patient with yourself. Um, be curious about everything and anything that seems. Um, interesting enough for them to um, really invest their time in uh, and so for me that was coding for somebody else it could very well much be video games mm-hmm. um, because you know even now people yeah. are, are earning millions from absolutely playing online and having yeah. people watch that as like an, a form of entertainment but mm-hmm. um, the world is always at this point uh, there's so many opportunities um, opportunities that we haven't even heard about as yet um, because of the internet mm-hmm. and what it represents now, especially now, right. uh, where a lot of um, I guess archaic jobs are disappearing and more new and new ones are appearing in forms that we would never have imagined ten or fifteen years ago. Okay. And so, I guess my best advice is to just find something, um, stick to it for a while. If it resonates with you, uh, keep going. If it doesn't, move on to something mm-hmm. else that that piques their curiosity and just right. stick with it for a while. If it, just just an agile process of just keep going and, and yeah. going until something sticks and i think something else that you have you are really portrayed in your various experiences today um even starting with your really your first company when you came up with plastato and coming up with a biodegradable product is that really no idea is a bad idea because you don't know where it will take you exactly you just don't know precisely so Honestly, go for it like Plastato led me along the lines of um, thinking outside, thinking I guess more, I think at the time when Plastato was just in the idea phase, I was like delving into um, the development of, you know, countries. I was looking into like the UN Sustainable Development Goals and that like kind of led into um, one goal in particular related to the environment and so that kind of piqued my interest in the environment and that, that just led me on a whole path of experimentation with just looking into different products and, and creating things related to, to the environment and wanted to contribute in that way, at least at that phase. Sure. And, um, allowing me to grab onto different networks within that space. And um, the same is for like anything that, that I've delved into. Okay, awesome. Well, I would love to continue this interview. <laughs> there is so much more I know that you have to share. But we will end here. I thank you for taking the time. We're sitting here outside this wonderful cafe, enjoying the evening breeze, because this was our only opportunity to get connected. 
Um, it's been a while and I know you're gearing up for even more travel in the coming weeks. So thank you very much for the opportunity to share the wonderful things that you have been doing and I know there are many more great things coming along. Um, we thank you our listeners for joining us once again and we invite you to stay tuned for our next episode. You will hear us next week on the next episode of Talawa. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>